Welcome to the Christchurch London podcast. This is a talk from our Sutton service. To hear talks from each of our services, please visit christchurchlondon.org. Last week we heard about hope, which was a powerful message. I don't know if you, if you, have, if you weren't here, listen to the message. It was so amazing. It was great. And this week Andy's asked me to speak about the love of God. Because this is something for me that has utterly transformed my life. I don't want to think too much because I'll get a bit emotional. But, um, yeah, the love of God, man, is so powerful and so wonderful. And one of the challenges when you talk about the love of God is that everyone thinks they know it. Because what they have is information. So if there was a, a test and I said, does God love you? People would tick, yes. But having the information and the experience are two very different things. And what I find is that people will say, yeah, I know God loves me, yet they're still full of fear. They're still struggling to get their faith to work. They're still anxious, still depressed, still all these things that we struggle with. And it really is a deficiency of experiencing God's love for yourself. It's when you experience the love that God has for you that your heart is changed on like a subatomic level. You're changed so deeply that it changes things that you can't change, that a psychiatrist or a psychologist or a doctor can't change. And that's why God's, one of God's supreme purposes is for us to know and experience his love for ourselves, totally for free, totally unconditional, because it's that which changes the heart. And when the heart changes... Life changes, you know. I think sometimes we say that Jesus changes our life. I used to say this. During COVID, I got a word from God, and it's like, Jesus doesn't change your life. He changes you, and you change your life. As you encounter God, it changes your heart. It will change you. And then out of that, you make, you live, you think different, you see different, you feel different, you act different as a consequence from experiencing the love of God. For yourself. So I, 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 I'm not someone who wants to do great things. I'm not, when I'm seeking God, I'm not doing it for this, that. The one thing I want to do is I want to encounter God more so that I can experience who he is and be transformed by that experience. It says in, I haven't put this scripture up, it says that we with an unveiled face behold the glory of God are transformed from glory to glory. As you experience God for yourself, it will transform you. And you'll find you don't need all these other things you think you need. I'm off track. That's that's what is pointless, me writing notes. So pointless. I haven't wrote any notes. But I think that that that's the problem is information and revelation. See, information is intellectual knowledge. And the Western church is crammed with books, tapes, everything. We've got so much information. But the problem with information is it only touches you on a two-dimensional level. It it touches your brain. I think information is like the froth on a pint of beer. It looks like it's got substance. But as soon as you touch it, it disappears. I was in the bath this morning, right? I don't want to paint too graphic a picture. (laughs) Right. Uh, It's that time of the week. You know, I needed to have a wash. I'm coming to church. And my bath, I, may, I mean, I must have done a bit too much bubble bath, I think. 
because when I came in the bathroom, it was like, you know, it's like a a mountain of bubbles. (laughs) And I thought it looked quite cool because where the tap was on, it made a hole and it was like a little, almost like a vase made out of bubbles. And I was like, oh, well, look at that, as I'm preparing for my message. And, uh, and it, but as soon as you touch it, it disappears because there's no substance. It looks like it's got substance, but it hasn't. And that's what information is like. Oh, I know God loves me. And then something happens and there's nothing there. And we get knocked over by life. We get knocked over by circumstances because what we've got is not a revelation, but we've got information. And it's when you, a revelation is an experience of the truth, not just knowledge. And so my, one of my things is I, I need to realize that I think I know something, but do I really know it? And uh, if, if your life is still full of fear, still full of this, that, and the other, I, I want to say that the key is you need to experience the love of God more. Your experience needs to grow. Because that will drive out fear. Let's read the scripture. Let's get it back biblical. It says this in 1 John. Because people think, I've got to get fear out of my life. And they'll focus on getting fear out of their life. But you know what? Love will get fear out of your life for you. People are trying to make their faith strong. But Galatians 5 verse 6 says, faith works through love. People are trying to fix this and fix that. But really the root issue is the love of God. And how much do you really know it? And I'll I'll share some stories. But it says this in 1 John 4, 18 to 19. There is no fear in love. Brilliant. Well done, Aaron. Aaron, not, I always thought his name started with an E, it's Aaron, but it's pronounced Aaron because he wants to be a bit different. It says, uh, 1 John 4, 18 to 19 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. He who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Sometimes we're trying to give away something that we don't really know. I'm supposed to love people. I'm supposed to love God. And it all becomes a tremendous work that we're trying to do. But when you know the love of God, you will love. I love this something I heard a preacher say. He says, when you know the love of God, you'll live more holy accidentally than you ever did on purpose. Let me read this prayer of Paul. So this is the Apostle Paul praying for the church in Ephesus, Ephesians, where all the Ephesians live. I don't know what they're called today. Uh, He said this. He said, may he grant you out of the riches of his glory to be strengthened and spiritually energized with power through his spirit in your inner self, indwelling your innermost being and personality. So that, you, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Sorry, I'm not very good at reading out loud, especially when there's a lot of words. Bear with me. And may you, having been deeply rooted and securely grounded in love, be fully capable of comprehending with all the saints, God's people, the width and length and height and depths of his love, fully experiencing that amazing, endless love And that you may come to know practically through personal experience the love of Christ 
which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled up throughout your being to all the fullness of God, so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your life, completely filled and flooded with God himself. Paul's prayer, in this prayer, Paul is saying, the way to be filled with all the fullness of God is to experience the love of God. This isn't like a side issue or something you learn for the first two weeks when you become a Christian. This should be our primary goal. How can I grow? How can I experience this love more? So that, see, what it's like is when we've got fears and problems, we're trying to get rid of them. But it'd be like being in a dark room and thinking, I'm going to get rid of darkness, because if I can get rid of darkness, then only light will be left. And we all know that's crazy. If you want to get rid of darkness, you turn light on, and light gets rid of darkness. You don't have to get rid of fear. You don't have to get rid of all your problems. If you can turn on and develop an experience of God's love, that will get rid of fear. That will make your faith spring to life, and that will make your life start to form and come together and you won't even know how it works. So I, just to give some background, I was like a, a complete dropout. As a kid, I was like sexually abused. I used to get bullied. I've never known who my dad is. I know I've got a dad because I'm here. So I've, you know, I know my mum definitely was not the Virgin Mary part two. So, uh, no offence mum, if you, if you hear this. But um, <laughs> I do love you. I love my mother. She'd be like a mother to me. But um, so I, I was so I had so I used to get bullied all the time on our council estate because I was is predominantly white and I'm not white. I'm mixed race, and I used to get racially bullied. And when I was 10, 11 years old, and and I was abused sexually at that age, and then I never cared about education. I just felt awful. I felt like I was a nobody, that I was totally unlovable, and that I was worthless and no good. And I didn't, so I didn't, I didn't, never, never used to go to school. I used to just start going at lunchtime, break time. And I remember when I was 12 years old, I got drunk for the first time. And I flipping loved it. Do you know why? Because for a split second, I didn't feel like me. And then smoking weed, whoa. I, and it, I didn't feel like me just for a moment. That's why people get addicted to stuff. You just feel terrible. And just for a moment, you don't feel terrible. Obviously, it's not a healthy lifestyle, and it leads to other problems. But what happened is, when I was 19, not far from here, down North Street, I was sitting in a, a house, and someone was talking to me about Jesus. And I remember, it, I just, everything he said made sense. I don't know why. Because I wasn't a religious. I was a, I'd get in trouble with the police. I was a dropout. I never worked. I never held down a job. Couldn't handle a girlfriend. I was just a mess. And I had no ambitions. I didn't even care about tomorrow. I didn't care about anything. And when he spoke to me about Jesus, I remember he said, can I say a prayer for you? And I was like, yeah, yeah, all right, mate. Go, go ahead. And uh, when he prayed, I just remember I said, Jesus, if you're real, I really want to know you. And I felt a hand touch my chest. So I opened my eyes because I thought it was the bloke. And I thought, why is he putting his hand on me? That's weird. But he wasn't. He was still with, praying with his eyes closed. But I could feel this hand. 
And I just suddenly felt something deep within me awaken. I, was, I felt myself be born again. I literally felt it happen. Something springs to life. And then just overwhelming love started to pour into me. Just, I just couldn't believe it. I didn't know there was anything like that. And I thought, how could God, how could anyone love me? How could anyone like me? I'm just worthless, useless. I've, just, I've, got, nothing to, I've got nothing good to bring, you know. And when I went outside, I just could just everything looked different. Trees, everything looked different. The whole world looked like it had changed. I'd changed. And I naturally started to be more good without any rules or any religion or any knowledge. Because as I experienced love, I became more loving. As I experienced the goodness of God, I became more good. So I don't try to do any of it. I never try to be nice. I never try to be kind. I never try to love people. I never try to be friendly. I never try to be a blessing. But you know what? As I've experienced these things from God, I'm becoming those things by consequence. And I think a lot of times people are running around trying to be what they're supposed to be without God in their own strength and in their own willpower. And that's why it's dry and dead and boring and lifeless. But when you, our job isn't to do the fruit. And I've got in my garden, right? We've just done loads of renovations in our house, right? And I love trees. Ever since I became, I came outside, I saw trees. And ever since I've been, when I became a Christian, and I've been, loved trees ever since that day. I just look at them and just think, oh, wow, look at that tree. A bit of a, <laughs> I really love them. I don't even know why it is. And I'll be at houses and taking pictures of customers' trees. They're really nice. The colors and the, I don't know, everything about them. So I said to Kath, I want to plant a cherry blossom tree in our garden. But what was amazing is, well, what's good is, I, so I looked at the rules, like it says, make sure it gets loads of sunlight, you know, loads of sunlight. And, and uh, dig the hole twice the width and twice the depth of the root. So I was like, yeah, yeah, do, do that. Plant it there. Put uh, some manure and other stuff, gardening stuff. You know, I don't know anything like that. I just... Followed, it, followed the rules. And what's brilliant is, and then water it. For the first year, I had to water it on its, and now I don't have to. But it don't, the tree's not going, trying to grow cherry blossoms, trembling away, like working so hard, you know what I mean? Working out, like, I'm going to get these cherry blossoms out, do some press-ups and all this, jogging around the garden. The tree don't have to, because all, all it does is, if you put it in the right environment, it will grow through by itself, with effortlessly. And that's the same with, when we're planted in the love of God, we will bear fruit effortlessly. If you're having to work really hard to be holy and do all this, then that, the problem is, is you're doing the work. Christianity is quite effortless. People don't think that, because they're such hard workers, and they're so grafting, and they're don't worry, God. And it's like, God might as well not be there because they're doing so, it all themselves. But I'm not like that. I'm too rubbish. I'm too weak. So I'm just, I just focus on knowing God and he changes me and makes me into what I'm meant to be. And I don't even know how. I can't believe my life. I literally can't believe it. I'm sitting there. I mean, I've got two houses. I'm buying two houses. I've got a family. I've got a wife. I've got kids. I've got my own business. And I'm like, how did this happen? Because I haven't got a clue because I'm not, I'm not anything. But all I've done is focused on experiencing the love of God 
And the love of, it's like Heineken. Heineken will reach the part other beers cannot reach. Right? That's what they said. I don't believe it. But the love of God will reach into your heart and accomplish what nothing else can. And if you can focus on that and make knowing God's love your number one priority, you'll find that everything else will flow out of that. Faith will flow out of that. Freedom from fear will just flow out of that. It's effortless. I never try to get myself right. I can't get myself. How am I going to fix myself? I'm such a blinking wreck. How am I going to replace a whole lifetime without a dad and abuse from childhood and neglect? I can't fix any of that stuff. But you know what I can do? I can focus on the love of God and start to discover and dig in and search and know that changing my heart from the inside out. That's one thing I can do. Do you know what I mean? And that's one thing that God wants. It's like about two weeks ago, I was flipping knackered. I'd had a really busy week at work. And it's like you're trying to please everyone. So I got, I'd had to like 30 jobs in a week, trying to please my customers. I don't want to sell my job because I know everyone's going to want me to do work. <laughs> I'm a male model. I'm a male model. <laughs> All right, so if you need any modeling done. I know it's obvious that I'm a male model. I didn't have to say it really. No, uh, I'm a gas engineer, so I do boilers, central heating, all that sort of stuff. I work for myself. So I'm glad that everyone didn't go, he ain't a male model. Everyone looked like, oh, yeah, yeah he probably is. <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. No, uh, <laughs> what was I going to say? I can't even remember what I was going to say. Where was I going? <laughs> I get lost in my own brain and thought, trying to please everyone. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, brilliant. Thank you. Like a little helper there, a little Holy Spirit on the side. So I was knackered, and then you're like trying to please your kids, then you're trying to please your missus, then you're trying to please the dog and the cats. <laughs> My cat came in this morning meowing because it's like half past eight, where's breakfast? And it's like, and then I went to go to spend time with God, and in my mind I was like, now I've got to try and please God. You know, I've got to pray, I've got to read my Bible, I've got, and I felt God stop me in my tracks and say, you don't have to come and please me, I'm here for you. Just sit down, relax, and let me just minister to you. And I just sat there, and I just, oh man. Just let God show me how much he loves me, how much he values me, how important I am to him, what a treasure I am to him. I used to have really low self-esteem. Now I've got the opposite problem. <laughs> I think too, do you know what I mean? I was having an argument with Lily once, and she said, you think you're so amazing, don't you? And I went, yes, <laughs> I do. I think she was trying to make a point that I wasn't getting. But um, because God wanted to minister to me. We're like trying to please God all the time. And, not, and like he's saying, I want to be there for you. I want, bring your cares to me. Let me love on you. Let me just treasure you and value you and hug you and embrace you and kiss you and just show you what you mean to me. You know what I mean? You know what I mean, son? So what... This is what, I want to give you some practical steps. What time do I have to finish? Is it now? I don't know. Yeah? I don't know. I forgot to ask. Um, these are free scriptures, right? That for me. So I was like, I've got the information that God loves me, but I've still got really low self-esteem, feel rubbish and no good. So obviously that's not enough. You see how fast my brain is. The information ain't cutting it. You know what I mean? So I was like, I need the word of God to plant it into my heart, just like we plant in the tree. I need to plant God, what God says, into my heart 
and treasure it and let it grow a revelation in me, an experience. So these are the three scriptures that I found. This ain't a formula. This is just what happened to me. It came to my mind. One of them is in 1, 4, 1 John 4.10. It says, in this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation or atoning sacrifice for our sins. Because I was trying to find scriptures where I had to, I had to know that God loved me. No matter, I couldn't wrestle out of it. It's like too strong. So I was like, in this is love, that God loved me. The other one was in Romans 5 verse 8. It says, God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. So I thought, God's love's got nothing to do with me. It's got nothing to do with how good or bad I am. God's love's actually a reflection on him. God doesn't love me because I'm so amazing. He loves me because he's so amazing. God loves me because he is love. He can't not love. He can't help but love. He's so madly and passionately and crazily in love with people and with you. There's nothing you can do about it. It's just a fact. It just is. God's love just is. And we just need to discover it, you know. And then this one, the most famous scripture in the Bible, John 3, 16. This is the scripture Andy actually told me to preach on, but sort of got there in the end. It says, um, oh, I love this. So I spent a whole day meditating on this scripture. And, it, and what it was, it opened like a flower in me. And I started to feel the love of God. It says, for God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he gave his one and only begotten son so that whoever believes in him would not and trusts in him as saviour shall not perish but have eternal life. I remember just meditating it for God so dearly loved. God so dearly loves me. He so greatly loves me. I'm so valuable to God. I'm so important to God. And as, as I meditated, it just started to open up. And then what happened is I'd have moments of great encounters with the love of God. I remember I was on a building site, working with loads of builders, and I could feel the love of God starting to flood my heart. And I was so over, I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm on a building site and I'm about to burst out crying. And so I remember running into this house and I found a room with a bed in it. And so I laid on the floor next to the bed. So if anyone walked past, they couldn't see me. And I just bawled my eyes out. Just, oh, Lord, thank you. Love me so. <laughs> and it was like the word became flesh. The information became revelation. As you keep meditating on, keep saying it, keep declaring it over your life. Make them scriptures your best friends. Eventually, they will work their way into you and break open and you will experience the truth, which is different than having information about the truth. God is so in love with us. It's unbelievable. He's, the, he's a total fanatic. If you knew someone who counted the hairs on your head, collected your tears, forgives everything you do, and follows you wherever you go, you're just like, that's a fanatic. That's what God does. You know what I mean? That's God. You know what I mean? Anyway, where's my mate, Matty? Matt? There he is, at the back. Matt, who has no Chinese heritage. <laughs> apparently. I reckon there's a little throwback somewhere. There's a little throwback somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, I went on 23andMe, actually. It said I was, I was, I was half Pakistani and half French and 100% loved. It didn't say that. I just added that bit. 
It's good to know it. Because we need to know it. And it's, oh man, I just, well, I hope the way I am would speak for itself. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's the love of God. It is the medicine. It's the, there's a great preaching series by this guy called Andrew Romack called The Love of God, The Cure for What Ails You. And I love it. To know and experience, focus on God's love. There are people here, and you can start playing that. You know how to tinker? Tinker in the background? No, not too loud. Don't need any drums yet, mate. No, thanks. <laughs> you can do whatever you want, Lee. Yeah. yeah. So, um, go. Well done. Sorry. Real professional outfit we're running here. I like to just keep it real. One of my favorite, my, one of my mantras comes from Ali G. Keep it real. Because we think by being all polished and squeaky that that's what God likes, so we try and be that. God moves for real, authentic, genuine. I've seen God move in rooms where people are smoking weed and drinking and don't give a monkeys. I remember talking to this guy once in a room, and uh, one of my mates was a bit of a crazy fanatic, uh, and he got up and started preaching to everyone in this in this room of people who were all smoking weed and stuff. I wasn't. I was just watching. No, and, uh, and the bloke next to me, I remember him saying, who is this nutcase? And I sort of went, oh, he's with me. And he says, do you believe all that stuff? And I went, yeah, I do. I said, I really, God, I know God loves me. I've really experienced God's love and it changed my life. And he said, but what if you've killed somebody? And then I was like, going to edge away in my seat. <laughs> and I said, God would, even if you've killed somebody, God's already forgiven you. God's already forgiven you of everything. Already. He just wants you to receive it. And this bloke just burst out crying and says, because I could feel the love of God as I was speaking to him. So I knew something was happening. And he just said, I can't believe that there is somebody like that out there. And that's what God is like. He is love. You wouldn't believe half the rubbish we believe if we knew how loving God was. We'd never doubt it's God's will to heal if we knew how much God loved us. We wouldn't doubt it. We'd never doubt he's going to take care of us if we really knew how much he loved us. I'm telling you, this is the root to fruit. This is the key that unlocks the door to everything else. It's the foundation on which the Christian life pours out. Amen. So we just stand to our feet. I'm just going to pray. But as, you, as I pray, you reach out to God with your prayer and your heart but I'm this, I'm that. Don't worry about that. It's not about what you're like. It's about what God's like. He is unending love. All the time, 24-7, unending love. Father, I just want to pray for everyone here today, including myself. Throwing myself in there, obviously. I just thank you that you are unending love. Unending mercy. Oh, I love it. Unending grace. There's no one like you, no one so kind, no one so generous. You're such a blessing. You're such a blessing to know. Thank you, Lord, that we can swim and get lost in the unending, unmerited, unfavored love of God. That we'd be consumed and taken over from the inside out by how wonderful you are, how great you are. 
Thank you, you're so glorious. You're so bright. You're, you're the light that shines in the darkness. You're awesome. You're amazing. You're the best. We love you, Lord. You're so great. You know what I mean? We're, we're so privileged just to be able to come and know you. Thank you, Jesus, that you said this is eternal life, that you might know the Father. No means to experience the Father and to know and experience Jesus Christ, his Son. So, Father, I just pray for Dave that every single person who is listening, would that a light would switch on and that they would seek you for the sake of seeking you, to know you, for this is eternal life. Thank you, Lord, that you want to fill every single one with a revelation of your love that transforms them. Thank you, Lord, that every single person is known by you and cherished and loved and valued by you and so important to you. Thank you, Lord, that we're VIPs to you. Father, I just pray that this continue, would continue and unravel and unfold as people seek and press into you and discover you for who you really are. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen.